Hello and welcome to our podcast. I'm Dr. Mark White and today I will be discussing shoulder pain, particularly the kind that sounds like shoulder pain, looks like shoulder pain, may even test like shoulder pain, but is not shoulder pain. In my outpatient practice, I often see patients who have complaints of shoulder pain. Historically, this has been my third most frequently encountered musculoskeletal problem to deal with, behind the number two complaint of cervical spine disorders and the number one complaint, chronic low back pain. Patients with shoulder problems make up anywhere from 14 to 18% of patients seen in general outpatient orthopedics PT clinics. This is derived from combining data reported in database resources from CMS, photo, and private practice. The vast majority of these cases will have issues with the rotator cuff. The most common problem is tendinopathy, either acute or chronic. Normal history and physical examination and testing of the shoulder will confirm a shoulder origin of problems nearly 100% of the time. However, we know that at least some of these cases will have a true origin other than the shoulder. Some will be mixed shoulder and an alternative origin. This is easy to miss, and many seasoned professionals still do. Several years ago, a patient referred herself to my clinic. She had a complaint of shoulder pain. She lived out of town, nearly two hours away, and made the drive past numerous other physical therapy clinics to see me. I asked her why. She said that she had been to another clinic in her hometown after she was first seen by her family physician, who referred her to an orthopedist to confirm the presence of shoulder pathology, then referred her to a physical therapist who examined her and confirmed her diagnosis. Treatment ensued, and 11 visits later, no beneficial change had occurred. She heard about my work from a friend who, with my care, had successful resolution of chronic plantar fasciitis. She had a similar story of a difficult course of ambiguously ineffective treatments over several months. So, she suggested her friend call and schedule a visit, and here she was. I asked her what diagnostic methods were previously used. The usual history, physical examination, manipulation of the shoulder, but no diagnostic imaging, no x-ray, no MRI, or ultrasound. There was, it seemed, a straightforward diagnosis, easily confirmed by a history of trauma, i.e. a fall in the garden onto an outstretched hand, no significant soreness at the time, but a gradual onset over the next five days of anterior lateral shoulder pain that hurt with flexion, abduction, horizontal adduction, palpation pressure over the distal supraspinase tendon, and positive impingement sign with painful and weak shoulder flexion, abduction, and lateral rotation, with the expected accompanying limited flexion and abduction to about 90 degrees. What was conspicuously absent from this history and examination, however, was two related items, each of which addresses a common origin of shoulder pain. First, questions about past injuries to the cervical spine, including this episode, and two, any clearing tests for the cervical spine. Cervical spine injuries account for 11 to 13 percent of visits in typical outpatient physical therapy settings, also based on CMS and photo reports. In my setting, 22 percent of our patients are seen for cervical spine complaints. As it turns out, 7 percent of cases of shoulder pain have a true origin of pathology exclusively in the cervical spine that is symptomatically expressed as a referred pain in the shoulder. 
A 2005 paper by Ooster and colleagues in the journal Rheumatology reported these findings, and it is consistent with our own observations clinically. Furthermore, 4% of patients with shoulder pain complaints have symptoms originating in both the cervical spine and the shoulder simultaneously. Combined, this yields a total of 11% of patients with shoulder pain who have either exclusive C-spine referral or concurrent mixed pathologies in the C-spine and shoulder concurrently. What this translates into clinically is that I will find every one to two months patients referred to me for shoulder pain complaints who have an exclusive cervical spine disorder with no actual shoulder pathology present. When I obtained this patient's history and asked her about prior cervical injuries, she did not report any. When I performed the last part of my physical exam with the patient seated, one test differentiated the diagnosis clearly and convincingly. With the aid of an assistant, I palpated the location of the anterior shoulder pain complaint over the distal supraspinatus tendon insertion, had my assistant palpate the same area to confirm reproduction of symptoms, then unloaded the cervical spine by use of a standard cervical traction harness and a digital tensionometer. I lifted up. At eight pounds of traction, her distally referred pain beneath the palpating finger of my assistant disappeared. I asked the patient to flex and abduct her shoulder. She had full pain-free active range of motion. I reduced the unloading to zero. My assistant palpated the tendon. Pain was again present. Asked to repeat the shoulder flexion and abduction. The active range of motion was now only 90 degrees. Just as before, unloading the cervical spine. I repeated unloading at 8 pounds. We repeated the test, and she was once again pain-free to palpation, and demonstrated full, pain-free, active range of motion. At this point, it was clear that unloading via traction had an important impact on this patient's condition. Furthermore, our testing was consistent with an ABAB study design that in real time and within the exam session provided evidence that this patient's condition was unequivocally related to a load-sensitive pathology in her cervical spine. She had shoulder pain. It just wasn't coming from her shoulder. It was coming from her cervical spine, and it was referred to her shoulder. What I just described is a normal, valid, and reliable response to testing for distal cervical spine effects in this subset of patients with shoulder pain. It identifies a mechanical problem that physical therapists can treat. In fact, we were able to completely resolve this patient's shoulder complaint by treating her neck. The main takeaways from today's talk are as follows. One, not all shoulder pain originates from the shoulder. Two, remember your clearing tests. Three, this is easy to miss even in patients that look as if they have classic signs and symptoms clearly pointing to shoulder structures as the origin of pain. Four, cervical spine unloading can be used to clearly differentiate the 7% of patients with shoulder pain who have an exclusive underlying cervical spine pathology that refers to the shoulder. I'm Dr. Mark White. That concludes our talk for now. Thanks for listening.
And as always, may you and your patients be well. That's all for today.